You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for joining us this morning on our interesting program on a beautiful day in Chicago in this month of June. Uh, we're getting there. Summer's underway, and uh, it's, it was a beautiful weekend, and uh, shapes up. To, it looks like it's shaping up to be a beautiful week. So uh, thanks for taking some time this morning. Listen to us um, on AM 750 AM WNDZ. We have a very interesting program here this morning, and let me give you a, a kind of a rundown of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Most of the topics reflect what's going on in the news right now. Obviously, there's a lot of attention on um, what's going on with race relations uh, as a uh, growth, outgrowth of the uh, uh, unfortunate events in Minneapolis uh, about a couple weeks ago. And it's interesting, just personally, driving downtown Chicago, seeing all the stores and the windows boarded up still and the remnants of what happened a couple weeks ago. But we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of the uh, underlying issues that led to that. Um, at the outset of the program. And then um, we're going to take a twist and we're going to talk about uh, international religious freedom. We're really lucky to have with us a professor from Notre Dame. He teaches political science. His name is Dan Pilpot. And he's going to talk to us about the executive order that President Trump signed a few weeks ago regarding religious freedom and the importance of that document and what's going on in the world. After that, uh, we're going to have a talk with uh, Bishop Ron Hicks. He's uh, one of the auxiliary bishops here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. He's the vicar general and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the reopening of churches and uh, what's going on with that process and what led to the current situation that we're in and uh, hopefully some good news as we're seeing um, people return to church here in the archdiocese this past weekend and then finally at the end of the program we're going to talk to Pete Newburn he is the ecumenical officer out in the diocese of Joliet he's going to talk to us about an interesting program they had over the weekend it was a virtual rally for virtual rally. That's a tough word to say here at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning. Virtual rally for racial justice uh, hosted by the Diocese in Joliet. Bishop Pates was uh, responsible for that. He and other civic leaders. So Pete's going to come in and talk to us about that program they did. Um, so let's then just launch off in our program. And with us on the phone, we have uh, Daniel Brown. She is the Associate Director for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, USCCB's Ad Hoc Committee on Racism. Daniel, you with us? I am. It's nice to hear your voice this morning. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, thank you. It's been a whole, what, three days? <laughs> Two days. <laughs> uh, Daniel and I and uh, uh, the other Catholic Conference Directors were on a, uh, a, a Zoom call, one of our many Zoom calls we do. And uh, so we were talking on Friday, so we're talking on Monday. Well, let's not talk tomorrow, okay? We'll take a day off. <laughs> Daniel, uh, thanks for taking some time this morning to join us. Uh, you are um, in an interesting position these days as the Associate Director for the Ad Hoc Committee uh, Against Racism. And 
and I I want to talk about the document that's out there, but also I want to talk about maybe you know kind of what led to the creation of your position and 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 how you came aboard because I think it has some ties into Chicago. Sure, sure. Um, so I mean, the document first off um, really was the brainchild of of one of the uh, African American bishops at the time. Um, who really said, you know, I think it's time for us to speak again, because previously um, the most recent document was uh, put out by the U.S. bishops in 1979. It was called Brothers and Sisters to Us. Um, And so we hadn't had anything up until that point, and um, in part informed by the clashes that were going on in Charlottesville, Virginia. You know, we had marches and, and... and visual scenes of um, people t- protesting with tiki torches and things like that, scenes that we hadn't seen since, mm-hmm. you know, really the 1950s and 60s. And so uh, the bishops uh, decided to to write again on the issue of racism. Um, and that was back, <clears throat> pardon me, around um, 2016 or 17 that the whole process began. And I think what you're referencing is that um, the committee that was really charged with writing it was the Committee on Cultural Diversity, and at the time, um, now Archbishop uh, Gustavo Sierra was the chair of that committee. And so it was that committee and that committee staff who uh, spearheaded the writing of the letter and completed the writing of the letter um, in in collaboration with the the USCCB Standing Committee on African American Affairs, so it was though you know the the major committee that Archbishop Gustavo uh, chaired, and then the subcommittee on African American Affairs, um, who is actually now chaired by your arch uh, not your Archbishop but your auxiliary Bishop Perry. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the document is is that was uh, the pastoral letter that came out on racism. I think that was in 2018. It's called right. um, "Open Wide Our Hearts: The Enduring Call to Love." Um, that was came out. I, I think it was approved in November of that year. So tell us That's a little right. bit about that that document, and and it may as you cut right to the core and and tell us about the document. But you know, I think it's important to sort of define some basic terms and and sure. defining sort of what is racism for those who we hear this term all the time, and I think we all have sort of different takes on it. That's true, and and I mean that that point in and of itself becomes really interesting when. Uh, people are, are really seeking, particularly right now, to figure out what racism is um, on, a, on sort of a technical level. I think instinctually right. we all have some sort of an idea of what it is. Um, but, you know, definitions, as you say, are really, really important. And again, you know, once people start delving into the topic, they'll find definitions that are different depending on who the interpreter is. So there's a sociological definition. And then, you know, there are, are other definitions that are, that are more pastoral. And the bishop's definition is, is fairly simple. And again, you can find it in the pastoral letter on racism, Open Wide Your Heart, or I'm sorry, Open Wide Our Hearts. But it is um, defined as when either consciously or unconsciously a person holds that his or her own his or her own ethnicity 
is superior to another and then judges another person or their races or ethnicities as inferior or un unworthy of the same regard um, as theirs. So that's the bishop's definition. And again, people, so far one of the critiques of the letter is that, you know, it's missing a sociological definition. And a lot of times people will apply the racial prejudice plus power equals mm -hmm. racism mm -hmm. definition to the equation. Um, but I, I really have gleaned from the bishops um, and and from their conversations that they're really interested, and particularly my committee is interested in being pastors um, because, you know, quoting one of them, you know, the last thing the world needs is another um, sociological take on, on the situation. They really want to bring a pastoral um, mm -hmm. teaching through this letter. What what do you say, or what what is our response to people? Um, and I, I I hear this a lot that, um, you know, I'll just be candid. I mean, a lot of white people who say, "Hey, look, you know, I'm not a racist. I have nothing to do with this. I didn't. I, it's not in my home. Um, it's nobody that in my immediate surroundings." So what am what am I to do in this situation? Because I feel. I feel bad that, um, you know, if somebody else doesn't fe feel like they're being treated correctly, but I'm not doing it. So what do you want me to do about it? I, I, I hear that a lot when I'm talking to other people about this topic. Sure. I mean, you know, the first analysis would would be in prayer, you know, and that person really would have to take that to the Lord and and really discern with the Lord whether or not that's completely true. You know, it, it's not my job um, in any sense, you know, and, and I, I think I'm speaking more personally, not in terms of mm -hmm. like my actual clock in and out job, but it's it's not my role as a human being to judge what's in another person's heart, you know, sure. but you know, if, you're, if you're walking along with somebody um, who has that take, you know, I, I think in that moment, and I have been in that moment where I kind of just have to turn personal and say something to the effect of, you know, there's been a lot of things in my past that I thought I had absolutely nothing to do with, and um, they were major issues that the world was trying to tackle. And, you know, here are some ways where I realize that I really do have a part, have contributed have, you know, fill in the blank. So, you know, and, and and here's the thing. I think it's irresponsible and untrue to say that just because you wear a certain skin color that you're a racist. I, I, I just, that, that, that does not speak of the Lord's truth. Um, but again, a person has to, to take a serious look at their actions and and who's who's around them and again you know the other thing is that that just by being around people of color does not make you absolved from the analysis mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people want to say well you know i have a, a black whatever fill in the blank you know person of color in my family or my best friend is you know and proximity to people of color doesn't make you an expert and it certainly doesn't make you 
um, outside of this analysis. Like we all have to go through the analysis and ask ourselves, you know, it may not be overtly racist behavior, but it could be um, pejorative behavior that affects how you interact with your brothers and sisters in the mm-hmm. Lord. You know, for example, I always ask people, you know, do you or do you not have people of color that are your friends? They're like, oh, yeah, 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 you know, this person at work or, you know, if they're a little bit younger, like, yeah, my high school friends or, you know, I got these buddies from college. And I said, and and I usually say, I'm not talking about any particular Mm -hmm. conversation, but I usually say, these people can be defined as friends if you can call them right now and it wouldn't be awkward, you know, and so and, and, and it usually takes people back because it takes people aback, sure. I should say, because, you know, they think to themselves, you know, you're right. Like these aren't close relations um, and why, you know, and so, you know, the badge of honor is not just having a person of color that you can call your friend, but it is an access point into understanding the experience. And, and that's a first step. You know, and I've I've also, you know, on that end, um, had interesting conversations with a, one in particular bishop who asked people in his diocese to just have a conversation with a person of color that you normally wouldn't talk to. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting. There was a story about a guy who just started talking to his FedEx delivery person and how transformational that conversation yeah. was. Yeah, You know, and so I, I think that in a lot of situations, if you ask people of color what their experiences are day to day, you know, there's a lot of invisibility being experienced by people of color. And even that, you know, you may not be overtly doing anything to anybody. To but be aware you're of not, Right. Yeah. And if you're not looking people in the eye and, and you know, you're, you don't know people's names, you pass on the street every single day. Um, you got to ask yourself, you know, why am I not engaging in this particular population's um, gifts, experiences, existence on the planet? We only have about a minute or so left, and this is a fascinating sure. topic. And I was—I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> that sure. you can just kind of—you could talk about this for a long time. There's a lot here. Um, I want to m- mention too for people um, how to access uh, the document, and and there is a yeah. study guide, and I think yeah. that might be helpful. Talk yeah. a little bit about how to access, and a little bit about the study guide. Sure, it's very very simple. You go to usccb.org/racism. And we've got our page loaded up with all sorts of resources. Uh, On the top of the page, you'll find the most recent statement by uh, the Anti-Racism Committee and several other bishops. And then in terms of the study guide, it's a very robust guide for Catholics to figure out how to interact with these issues through a Mm -hmm. Catholic lens. You'll find all sorts of definitions and interpretations from all sorts of people who don't have a Judeo-Catholic lens, and it's very, very important that the people of God have that, and the study guide walks you slowly through how to um, make the lessons of the study guide your own. Daniel, thanks so much for taking some time this morning. I I, I knew this was going to happen. We could have we can <laughs> we we uh, to say we scratched the the surface is probably an exaggeration. Absolutely. So perhaps we'll uh, do this again sometime. Thank you for your work and um, www.usccb.org/racism is how you access the document. That's Daniel, great. thanks so much. 
Thank you. Great. Have a Take great care. day. God bless. Thank you. God bless you too. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We're going to talk to a professor from Notre Dame, Dan Philpot, who is going to talk a little bit about uh, the president's executive order on uh, to advance international religious freedom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. <laughs> 